Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello everybody and welcome to the Raw AFL Podcast. My name is Josh Elliott and I'm here to introduce Ryan Buckland and Jay Croucher who today will be talking about the West Coast Eagles. The Eagles were a genuine surprise packet in 2015 with most expecting them to miss finals at the start of the year but instead they performed extremely well finishing as the runners-up for the season. Can the Eagles go one better and win the Premiership in 2016? Or was their phenomenal season last year just a flash in the pan? Let's see what Ryan and Jay have to say. Alright, thanks for that Josh. Welcome to the Raw AFL podcast. My name is Ryan Bucklin and I'm here with Jay Croucher and today we're talking about West Coast in 2016. The West Coast Eagles surprised everybody by making the grand final in 2015 on the back of an incredibly efficient forward line, a dominant ruckman, very strong midfield and a new defensive scheme. They rose higher than anybody thought that they could. Jay, do you think it's grand final or bust for West Coast, or was last year, I guess, a bit of a, a surge before we can see a more sustained increase in their abilities over the years ahead? I think in a way it is grand final or bust, just because they were so dominant last year. I mean, I forgot, they won 11 games by 50 points or more yeah. last season. This, so this isn't a Brenton Sanderson Adelaide sort of thing where they skyrocketed up to second on the ladder and then got bounced out of the finals. And this team was really commanding all season, um, and to have them fall apart in the grand final like that was was hugely hugely disappointing. And as a West Coast fan yourself, did did you think they were going to win that game? I didn't. I tipped Hawthorne, which was a little bit contrarian at the time. Uh, we do the expert tipping on the Raw, and the other two tipsters had the, had the Eagles, um, had them winning reasonably comfortably, figuring that Hawthorne were were too old, and West Coast was kind of like that new kid on the block that would just come in and sort of stamp their authority on this being the West Coast Eagles era. Um, didn't turn out that way at all. I was around at a mate's place and got to about half time, and we ended up just going and kicking the footy in the second half um, rather than watching the game because they were just that, they were just overawed. Um, and I think that that points to where this team's at from a, a demographic perspective, um, but also where Hawthorne is at from a demographic perspective and an experience perspective and, um, we'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that is a really big story for West Coast this year, just how they bounce back from such a devastating loss. I mean, uh, the track record isn't great for teams to get absolutely destroyed in grand finals, bouncing mm-hmm. back the next year. I mean, you look at teams like, like Sydney in 2014 getting done in a similar manner by the Hawks. They fell off a bit last year. Port in 07, didn't hear much from them after that. And Collingwood in 2003 getting crushed by Brisbane. I mean, do you think that's going to really reverberate through the team and and colour their season, just that last game? I wouldn't think so, but it's certainly a risk. I mean, the numbers don't lie. There's there's a number floating around that uh, teams that lose by 40 points or more in grand finals haven't haven't reached a grand final again in that, I guess, 
preceding five-year period, so that, that era of that team. I think that's not likely to happen with this West Coast team because they are still very young. Um, they've loaded up on uh, a number of, I guess, more experienced players. They, they traded out a couple of draft picks to bring in the likes of Lewis Jetta and Jack Redden. And they've got their list in a state now where uh, champion data had them rated as the most prospective list in the competition because they've got 17 players in the 24 to 29 year old bracket. Uh, last season, I think was a bit of a rise ahead of time. I mean, I had them once the likes of uh, Mitch Brown and Eric McKenzie were out. I said they should just let this season float away, keep focusing on building what they were building, and then look to push ahead from 2016, 2017 onwards. But evidently, uh, I was completely wrong, and they've they've ended up pushing on in 2015 instead. Yeah, and you mentioned Eric McKenzie, who is really like a free agent addition. In fact, this guy's a borderline all-Australian fullback, mm-hmm. and they're getting him back for free. And the thing about the Eagles last year was that their web, which was so dynamic and really revolutionized the league in a way, um, you look at teams that have prospered off of a dynamic strategy like that, and they often fall off when the league figures it out. But I think that bringing back McKenzie, that really just um, adds some more dynamism to their lineup and maybe that they'll be able to, to adjust the league, perhaps figuring out uh, the web. Yes, yeah, certainly. As you say, he is essentially a, a, a fresh in for them. He didn't play a single minute last year. Um, he's one of the best one-on-one defenders in the game, and he's got he's got athleticism, he's got straight-line pace, um, and he's got a, a great ability to judge the ball. And adding that to West Coast's really well-defined uh, zone defensive scheme will, yeah, as you say, potentially add that extra string to the bow that means that they don't get found out like a 2014 Port Adelaide where uh, last year they, they yeah just looked like a complete shell of themselves because they'd been figured out tactically. Yeah, absolutely. But my worry with the Eagles is it's going to be their ball use. And I think that really got found out in the grand final against Hawthorne mm-hmm. where you had guys like Sam Mitchell, Luke Hodge, Jordan Lewis just carving them up um, by foot. Whereas on the other side, guys like Matt Prittis, Luke Shuey, I mean, they're okay ball users, but they're not elite ball users. Um, West Coast, they finished 11th in effective disposal percentage last year. And to me, that's this team's big weakness. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, the midfield isn't... So I'll, I'll cop some criticism for saying this, and I always do, but I don't think it's in the top six midfields in the competition. What West Coast do have is great depth around the ground. So they don't have... I guess, the the absolute A-plus, um, silky, super-polished midfielder, or a couple of them, like some other sides do, like you say, Hawthorne or um, Sydney on occasion, Geelong now, um, Adelaide last year. But what they do have is a number of B-plus to A-grade players that can play all throughout the ground. I mean, last year, Elliot Yo, who crossed over from Brisbane and everyone thought, yeah, this guy, he's going to be okay. He'll be a fringe 22-type player ends up playing as a key defender for parts of the year, plays through the middle of the ground, um, got the aerial skills from a midfielder perspective of a Nat Fife. So that, that's really this team's greatest strength is their flexibility rather than, I guess, their A-grade talent. But in saying that, um, that, that flexibility and that, uh, I guess, even spread of talent has led to some pretty remarkable stats from them last year. So their inside 50 differential per game was plus 11.5. That's just historically obscene. It was like um, peak Geelong and peak Hawthorne. 
and they had a contested possession differential per game of plus 11. It's similar to where Fremantle were at with their really dominant midfield, but the difference with West Coast and Fremantle is uh, West Coast contested possession differential came about not because of their dominance at clearances. So it was around the ground. They had a bunch of ball winners that were able to, I guess, get the ball and, and keep it moving forward. Now, whether they need to improve on their skills, I think that's that's a no-brainer. That That's the obvious area of improvement. Um, and that's where bringing in somebody like Lewis Jetta, who is just pure class and pure silk on the outside to complement the likes of Andrew Gaff, is just going to be huge for them. Yeah, and with saying that they're not a top-six midfield, I've got to hear that they were seventh in clearance differential, so that kind of feeds into that, where they're not really an elite team around the stoppages in that sense. But my other concern for this team is that with their injury luck last year, I mean, they had Brown and McKenzie go down, which was big, and they had Darling miss the, the first part of the season. But aside from that, they stayed pretty remarkably healthy, mm-hmm. and they were relying mm-hmm. on guys like like Nick Nadanui, Mark LaCroix, Shannon Hearn, Sherrod Wellingham. Um, these are their star players, and those guys all have extensive injury histories, and we're already seeing this year that um, they've got a few players on the shelf already. We found out on Monday that uh, Dom Sheed, who's one of their, their rising stars, came third in the rising star voting last year or fourth or something along those lines, is going to miss the first 10 weeks of the season. Lewis Jetta has a calf injury. Sharrod Wellingham's done his usual pre-season injury. Uh, there's been no update on Luke Shuey, who had bone bruising, which is the injury that led to Nat Fife eventually having his leg broken in the preliminary final. Um, and Mitch Brown has a, a finger injury as well. So, as you say, that injury luck that they had, which allowed them to have a pretty strong level of continuity through the middle of the ground in particular, looks like it might have come to an end, as it, as it always does. It it regresses to the mean in the same way that the close losses and close wins do eventually regress to the mean. Absolutely, and I think that the Eagles are going to drop off a little bit last year with that injury luck regressing to the mean a bit. And the fact that while they do have those guys out... I mean, after week one against Brisbane, which should be a bit, a little bit of a walkover, I think, they go Hawthorne, Fremantle, Richmond, Sydney, Collingwood, Geelong. I mean, that's brutal. There is a chance that those could be the six best teams in the competition alongside West Coast. And then the end of their season, their last stretch is, is horrific as well. Yep. So I, I really think they might struggle at the start of the year. And we've seen teams that, you know, if they do get bad starts, then that can just really colour the rest of the season. We saw that with Port Adelaide last season. Collingwood had a stretch in the middle of the year with a brutal run where it completely kind of upended their year. Um, so that's going to be a problem for the Eagles, I think. So what, what's the fan base mindset for West Coast heading into this season as a West Coast fan yourself? So West Coast fans, for better or for worse, think that they've got the best club in the competition. And after last season... A lot of West Coast Eagles fans will be thinking that the Eagles are now back to their rightful place around the top of the ladder. So from here, it's all about making good on that really impressive start last year and continuing to build, but continuing to build in a manner that means that the team is winning 14, 15, 16, 17 games per season. The the injuries that we've heard about this week and that have accumulated over the preseason would be giving... I guess the more savvy West Coast Eagles fans, a little bit of pause for thought and that maybe there's a risk that things don't go quite as well as they did last year. Yeah, absolutely. And so we like to do a, it's a big year four segment. And one of those injuries um, that you mentioned before is the guy I've got written down, which is Sharrod Wellingham. Now, I'm not sure if I'm ready for a world where Sharrod Wellingham is just going to be a perennial All-Australian candidate. I mean, as a Collingwood fan, I watched this guy for, for the better 
chunk of his career. And he's just prone to so many brain fades and just close linings of Cade Simpson and stupid things like that. And then to see him blossom last year into really kind of an elite halfback flanker, um, it was just shocking. And I'm not sure if that's going to be sustainable, especially um, considering that he's probably going to miss the first three or four weeks of the season. I mean, what, what do you think of Wellingham heading into this year? So Wellingham is one of those really interesting players where he doesn't really have a defining skill. He's just a football player, and he, he feels like the kind of guy that could play through the middle of the ground. He could play as a, a high half forward. He could play as the halfback flanker, which he's done this uh, in the season just past. So anything that, that West Coast can get out of him this year would be an absolute absolute bonus. If he can stay at that sort of B-plus, A-minus level as a halfback flanker, that would be excellent. So... When we look at a big year for, I've got it as a big year for Jack Darling. So Darling missed the first half of last season, give or take. It might have been about eight or nine games. Um, he was really good for West Coast structure when he came in. So having that second mobile marking tall player um, that could you know, take a good mark on a lead um, and also, I guess, be a bit of a ground ball threat inside 50 um, was really good for West Coast. But his impact on the scoreboard and his impact on the game was a lot more muted than I think a lot of people expected him to be. Um, and then you had his performance in the grand final, which, I mean, none of the West Coast Eagles particularly covered themselves in glory, but um, that that image of him dropping that mark, running inside 50 and it then going back down the other end for a Hawthorne goal, I think is going to be one of the defining images of that 2015 grand final. Yeah, and with Darling, that's going to be the big thing with him. Where I wonder if he's just going to be spending the rest of his life waking up in cold sweats, having Vietnam War-type flashbacks to that drop mark. And he's really kind of put himself... He's put himself in that group of, of Reese Shaw slipping and getting tackled by Alistair Lynch or Hayden Ballantyne having a nervous breakdown in, in 2013 in that group. So, I mean, he's more talented than those guys, and this guy could be an absolute superstar. And, yeah, and if he's able to get back to... So fulfilling his potential, I mean, alongside Josh Kennedy, I think that they have pretty much the best key forward set up in the league. Um, so let's move on to their sports bet over-under, which I've got as 15. Yep. Um, what do you think about that? I'm going to say over uh, in the same way that I said over for Fremantle because I think they win 9, 10, or 11 games at home. Like They, they, could, they could run the slate at home. Um, the only one that you would, the only couple that you would be concerned about, I think, are uh, when they play Hawthorne at Subiaco and when they play Fremantle at Subiaco. So, if they win nine or ten, they only need to then go six and five away from home to to at least match the match the over under and, and potentially exceed it. So, I'd say over, but I don't think it's as locky as Fremantle at plus 13.5. I think that's... I, I just still can't believe that that's what they've set the Fremantle over under at. Yeah, no, so I'm actually going to go under. Uh, I think that they will win 15 games, but I would shade more to the 14 side than the 16. And the reason is, is basically I think that with the injury luck, that's going to hurt them. And just that start of the season is so brutal where I think that they're going to be four and three or three and four after seven weeks and then getting to, to 16 wins after that is a little bit difficult. But I think that this is still, um, if you're going to bet your life on, on three teams to make the eight this year, I think West Coast, they're definitely one of them. Um, and I think that the expectation should be, uh, should be top four for them. 
Okay, so I think we'll wrap it up there, Ryan, and then we'll come back with the team in first tomorrow, which is the team that seems to finish first every year. All time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.